Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown hanging out with you. Today is Wednesday, and you know every single Wednesday I do the show live from the Family Success Center in Jersey City. It's just, uh, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome to connect with women and moms. And what's really great is our group is headed by a phenomenal um, client support worker, Jackie Morales, and she was a teen mom and I was a teen mom. So kind of the purpose of our group uh, on Wednesdays is where we're supporting other moms, wide-ranging in age, not necessarily teens, but just the group is called Mom to Mom. So it's, it's an amazing program. So anybody that's in the Jersey City, New Jersey area, you're more than welcome to come on out. We would love to connect with you, and we would love to meet you. What's really good is that two of our teenage moms had their babies. Uh, it's so funny because we looked at the pictures from the baby shower uh, taken about three weeks ago, and now today they brought their babies in. So we now have two new babies that are just over two weeks old. So it's it's good to see life brought into the world. And what's what's even better is that these young women are coming in for support and care and love in a very nurturing and warm environment. So you all know I'm reaching out to all of uh, the listeners and all of the friends of Cy who can lend some support in some capacity to help the family support the Family Success Center grow. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be putting my case out to you all real soon, and I expect everybody to come through because this is really an example of community-based organizations doing amazing things for the community where, 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 you know, a lot of people come into communities and they take, 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 or, you know, you, you have this impression of crooked politicians. This is so not the case. So anyway, that's so if you hear police sirens <laughs> or if you hear uh, <laughs> the, the buses honking, it's because on Wednesdays I broadcast live from the Family Success Center. I remember Truth said to me one time when we had the chat room open, he said, uh-oh, the popo's coming, <laughs> and that's because uh, – Police engines were dropped. Police uh, sirens were going right by. And I just to give a big shout out to everybody here for letting me kind of crash in their space in a corner to be able to do the show. So that's you know that's that's what about that's what building relationships is all about. Having a certain level of reciprocity where you can share and everybody can benefit. So it's it's definitely my pleasure. Uh, just to to keep today's show moving. Well, you can see by the title of today's show, we're talking about teen pregnancy. Um, Not so much to highlight or glorify what it is, but there's a lot of talk about uh, teen pregnancy right now, how teen pregnancies are on the rise. And so uh, we're we're really going to get into that, and especially since I'm here at the Family Success Center, they have so many resources, so it just makes it so much easier to do today's show because I've got a wealth of information and a built-in uh, focus group right here. So that's that's the beauty of it. But before we really get started, just to give you a quick few programming notes, um, there will be no chat room today because I don't have access to the computer, so there will be no chat room. But please feel free to listen. So if you're looking for the chat room, it's just because I didn't start one because I'm not at my computer right now. 
Um, and also, don't forget, feel free to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, T-W-I-T-T-E-R.com, forward slash Life Remixed. So you can follow me on Twitter. And then if you want, you can definitely connect with me on Facebook. I'm not on LinkedIn and all that other stuff. I'm, that's, that's just not my swag. <laughs> and I say that as an ode to, to my buddy Barry, who's working on the uh, For Life initiative. So, no, that's just not my swag. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us. To everybody who's listening, just know there will be no chat room today. And know you're, you're, you're not like, hey, what's going on with the chat room? There just isn't one. Uh, so on that note, let's really jump right into today's show. Right now, you all know I'm always digging and looking and prodding um, for for relevant topics to to share. And typically, what happens is if I see the same information popping up in various places in my life, then I say, okay, that's something that I need to talk about on the show. And this instance of teen pregnancy is just one of those instances. Uh, you know, I, was, I read Huffington Post. I read tons and tons of blogs, by the way. But I just saw on Huffington Post that Maury Povich is lending his celebrity and, and his fame, and, and his, his, he's bringing a lot of uh, what he has to eradicating or reducing – well, you can't eradicate it, but reducing teen pregnancy – and everybody knows, you know, Maury Povich's show has become You Are Not the Father, and I can't even watch it anymore. It's just to the point where it's absolutely ridiculous where these young women come on his show, look for their father, they make an absolute fool of themselves, and then the woman is running off the stage, And but I only slept with him, and he's always saying that she's a slut or she's a whore. How many times can you absolutely watch that? And you're like, you know what, enough is enough. So sad to say, I stopped watching Maury Povich years ago. But even with that, when I saw that he's, it just seems like a natural progression for what he's doing. Like if, if you're, if you're glor- and I feel he glorifies this, this notion of not knowing who your child's father is. I think it's absolutely absurd. He may think he's doing a service because now you can find out who the father is and make him, that's a bunch of hogwash. It makes for good television. But I think it's brilliant, absolutely genius of his handlers to say, you know what, this is going to be, give your, give your show some legs. You know, it could boost um, viewership. Who knows what his intent is, but I think it's just absolutely genius that he's going to take some type of initiative to say, you know what, we need to do something about teen pregnancy or we need to do something about these women having children and they don't know who the father is, no matter what his intentions are. So that's, that's, that was on my radar. I just, you know, put a little check mark, made a mental note of it, and kept it pushing. Well, then the other day, Sarah Palin's daughter, Bristol Palin, which we all can remember, it was revealed on the campaign trail that she was pregnant. And what killed me, well, not killed me, but what, what amazed me is that they said, oh, they're engaged to get married, which we knew. Anybody with the sense that God gave them knew that that's just addressing to all of a sudden become pregnant and now they're engaged, I want to hear you're married. Because this engagement thing, if you really want to be married, you can go to any city hall, get ma- say I do, and now you're legally married. So for them to say, oh, we're engaged, and they've got this long engagement, how, 
how odd is it now that, that she's not campaigning to be vice president that the engagement is off? Why couldn't you just say, my daughter's a teenage mother and this is her baby's father? We say it in urban communities all the time. There is no fabrication of, oh, we're in, no, it is what it is. We were tricking off. She got pregnant, and this is what it is. And they had to dress it. And I, and I believe in my heart that they had to dress it up because there's still a, a, a huge stigma surrounding being a teenage parent. Now, I've shared with you all <laughs> on countless occasions, and I've written about it in my books, that I was a teenage mother, and I look and say, wow, I'm doing great things now. My life is great now. But you know what? There's so many other things that I could have avoided, especially my quality of life had I waited. Just just having a child at a young age, whether it's, it's bigger than, well, I can buy Pampers and I can buy milk, having a child, as a teenager, number one, your brain is not fully developed. I, I still joke now, I didn't even know how to boil an egg, barely could boil water, and I thought I could be somebody's mother. But anyway, you know, you're just not prepared. And because you're not prepared, more often than not financially, it really has a negative impact on your overall quality of life. Now, of course, those same deficiencies can transcend an unexpected pregnancy at any age, but I think just statistically it really impacts young teenage and unwed mothers all the same. So when I looked at this whole situation with Sarah Palin's daughter, check, this whole situation with uh, Maury Povich, check, and then the other night on Larry King Live, which is on CNN at 9 o'clock, they interviewed Bristol Palin's baby's father. And he looked like he, you know how they say the deer, your eyes are like the deer in the headlights, the deer looking into the headlights. This poor kid was so out of his element. I mean, the poor thing, I felt badly for him. I really, really did because, you know, I feel from his position, he was just tricking off with some girl. It's, you know, and then all of a sudden, because her mother runs for vice president, all of a sudden they're put onto the national stage. I don't know about you, but did you ever see the pictures of them holding hands at, at these staged Republican rallies? In these, they look so frozen and so disconnected. It was, it was, it was a paltry performance. It was an absolute paltry performance. And any way they tried to shape it or frame it or shove it down our throats that they're a happy couple was just utter nonsense. But it, just him being on Larry King, the Maury, just all of this stuff, I just said, okay. You know, I said to God, all right, that this means I need to do a show on teen pregnancy. So here we are. I think, I believe, I should say, George, President Bush's initiative on abstinence was an utter failure. And I felt that all along, primarily because, for the most part, my life is in ministry. Call it what you want, but I'm in ministry. And as a youth director, that was not a realistic or viable alternative to young people to say, save yourself for marriage. For some people, that would work. The fear of God is, whew, oh, so real. But to really put the fear of God in, in young people, these are young people that don't even fear their parents. 
These are young people that fear nothing. So to tell them you may get an STD, you may get age, that none of that works, and they're still having sex. And I'm talking about in my youth ministry. I can't, I can't say with any level of certainty who was sexually active and who was not, but I can say I am teaching other things in addition to abstinence. And what really had a profound impact on, on my, my personal feelings about teenage pregnancy was the fact that Bristol Palin's baby's father said abstinence does not work. He said teenagers are going to do what teenagers want to do regardless. And what that did, it, 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 I had to circle back to my parents. And I, I'll share with you, my father did not speak to me at all. I mean, at, had nothing to say, did not support. I, I really believe he used that as his license to be able to totally walk away from me and was kind of pissed that I continued to linger on. And I look back and I just see that it was hurt because you put all you have, you sacrifice into your children, and to come up with a baby knowing that your life has just changed drastically. It's like putting the needle on the record and just dragging it. It goes, Ugh. Like, what in the world? So when I, when I look at what this poor guy Levi said, and then I, I think about it from what my parents did, a lot of times it boils down to teenagers are going to do what teenagers want to do regardless. So we can, as parents, as leaders in ministry, and as responsible adults, teach about abstinence, but we must teach about birth control. We must teach about condoms. We must teach about oral sex. We must teach about anal sex. We have to have these very difficult conversations with every young person in our life. One of the reasons that teenage pregnancy was on the decline is because a lot of people said, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. So what teenagers started doing was engaging in other forms of intimacy without having actual penis-to-vagina intercourse. So there was a rise in sexually transmitted diseases in the mouth and in other areas of the body. So kids can now say, because you know kids split hairs, and they, they split and parse your words, well, I'm not sexually active. Yeah, but you're doing, every, you're doing all of the other things. So that's why we even had to be careful looking at statistics because just because there was a gentle dip in statistics, it doesn't mean they were not still sexually active. It just meant that there, that there was a reduction in, that, in, the, in, the, in the form of intercourse that would result in a pregnancy. That's what it boiled down to. And I applaud organizations like Planned Parenthood, the Family Success Center in Jersey City, where they're out saying, hey, listen, we, we really are not celebrating this, but you know what, let me give you all of the options. Just to veer off on a tangent very quickly, I was watching The View yesterday, and they had this heated discussion about creationism versus evolution. And Sherry Shepard, who is a professed Christian, says she's not, she doesn't feel comfortable teaching her son about evolution and Darwin's theory of evolution. And uh, Elizabeth Hasselbeck kind of sat on the fence. She's like, well, no, I'm, I'm a Catholic, and, and, and I believe in creationism. So Joy said, if you don't teach your children about evolution, that's almost child abuse or child neglect. 
And Whoopi Goldberg went on to say, well, why does everything have to be so absolute? And that's, that's my position on the whole issue of teenage sex and intercourse. Why does it have to be an either-or? Why do they have to be mutually exclusive? They really, really don't. We can have both sets of conversation. And, and the thing that saddened me is that by the end of this segment, you know, Sherry almost relented and said, well, you know, I guess I will teach him about evolution. But it's, the, it's that particular mindset that lends itself to have an increase in teenage pregnancy or terminating pregnancy or all of these other things, um, sexually transmitted diseases in the mouth and in and, 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 and the other areas of, our, of teenagers' bodies. We have to be at a place as adults, as responsible adults, where everything is not in a box and mutually exclusive of the other. It has to be all part of the fabric of the conversation. And if we continue to not do that and take this, I'm a hard-wing religious right, or I'm a liberal person who's marching for women's right to choose and Planned Parenthood, you're never going to agree in the middle. And you know what happens in that gap? That's where all of our teenagers tend to funnel to. That's where all of our teenagers tend to funnel to. And then the result is unintended pregnancies that lead to termination, unintended pregnancies that lead to teenagers having babies. You know, we have to look at it this way. Teenagers think they can do anything. You know, we think they're, they think they're so smart. And I remember putting, I remember putting on Facebook um, one day that, well, I've been talking about it a lot frequently, that my 20th year high school reunion is coming up. And I said, the only difference between 1989 and 2009 is that now I actually know I'm smart, whereas in 89 I thought I was smart. So, so that's what happens when you're at that age, you think you're smart, you think you know everything, parents are dumb, parents are stupid, elders are stupid, and you end up with situations like teen parenting because we're so disconnected and out of touch. I think just, I'm here to share with you and not point fingers, but if you have young people in your life and if, in fact, there are things that you would like to share with them, I really don't think the hard-line abstinence role is the way to go. And this may not sit well with those in ministry or those that listen to the show through the archives or, 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 or follow up, hey, Cy, that was a great show. I get a lot of comments and emails after my shows, but you have to remember we're not there with young people all the time. I'll share with you. I give my son condoms. I tell him I don't condone it, but if he is sexually active, please protect yourself. What can I do? I would rather not. I would ask and thank God I believe that my younger son is not sexually active, you know, but I can't put my head in the sand, pretend it's not going to happen, and then all of a sudden I've got some chick and her mother knocking on my door. I, I, I don't want it. And so I'll share with you as we start to wind down today's show what I do with all my young people. I kind of circumvent the actual discussion because not all parents may feel comfortable with me discussing that, but, but let's look at it this way. I can't make my young people do right. Matter of fact, I 
can't make anybody do right, but I sure as hell can make it difficult for you to do wrong. And so because of that position that I take, I just always go in, I cannot make you do right because I'm not with you all the time. But I'm going to make it very difficult for you to to veer off and do the wrong thing. And when I think about that there's a million teen pregnancies, that one in 20 young women between the ages of 15 and 19, and these statistics are coming from Planned Parenthood, becomes pregnant each year, I'm like, what is going on? And the sad part is many pregnant teenagers become pregnant again within a year of giving birth. We have a young lady at the center now. Her daughter is one. Her new baby's two weeks old. She's a teenager. Let teenagers or the young people in your life know about the emotional and 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 and, and, and I want to say like the physical and emotional factors of a relationship. Talk to them about self-esteem, development, I mean, all of those other personal development characteristics. Because if you build them up in other areas, you build them up in other areas, it'll make it very difficult for some guy to just come along and sweep them off their feet. Teach them how to deal with their reaction. How they, how, there's an African proverb, it's not what people call you, but it's what you respond to. Teach them how to deal with how other people perceive them. I tell you, it's real simple. My father taught me, don't talk to boys because your tongue is going to fall out. Don't hold a boy's hand because your hand is going to fall out. Don't look at a boy because your eyeballs are going to fall out. And I'm, and I'm saying this in a very, you know, loose way, but to, to, that's the gist of it. Well, what happened is the first time I touched the boy's hand, my hand didn't fall off. I was like, okay, maybe I got lucky. The first time I kissed a boy, my lips didn't fall off. Okay, maybe I got lucky again. But what happens is it's now placing doubt in everything that they've taught me, it's now making every parameter or every boundary that they have established in my life debatable, including actual intercourse. So when my son's father came along and, you know, let me wear his chain to school, you know, this is the 80s, so I had this big gold chain and I had my little Gucci sneakers because I had to have the Gucci sneakers. Back then, everybody had to have Gucci. I had my Gucci sneakers and my Gucci socks and my Gucci tote bags. You know, New York City in the 80s, that's what we all wore. And I had the big door knocker earrings. And it was so funny. We all got those earrings off of Canal Street. And they, you know, we're probably paying like 60, 70 bucks back then. And they were so hollow, we were getting robbed. But you, and he let me wear his gold chain to school. And that's all it took. So you take the fact that I believe in my heart that everything my parents has taught me has become debatable, coupled with the fact that this guy is cute and he's letting me rock his chain, hell, he could get it. But at one, at no point, I, I tell my young ladies, in the book of Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, don't you know that your body is a temple that houses the Holy Spirit? How did I go to Sunday school? How did I go to church every Sunday and nobody tell me God lives in you? How? I didn't know that. I thought, I've shared with you, I thought God was up there in the sky looking down at me, pointing his finger. I really thought that. Let me, up there, Saida, you know, I want my book on the roll. I want, I want to be in God's good graces. So, I, you know, he's up there. Maybe he can't see me. Maybe, maybe Saturday night he's busy with somebody else, so maybe I can get it in real quick and he won't see it. Just tell a young person God lives in you. That's enough to knock somebody's socks off right there. 
I just think like if somebody had just, and so imagine I was a ch- I was churched. I went to Sunday school, did the church thing, sang in the youth choir. I was churched, and nobody told me that God lived in me. So imagine the kids, the young ladies, and young men that are unchurched. They don't have a chance. Just tell them God lives in you. That's enough to make them rethink everything they're doing. I know that would have knocked me off, but, but share that with them. You can't go to a kid, don't, go, don't have sex, don't look at it. That stuff is not going to work. And that's exactly what Bristol Palin's baby's father said on Larry King. I don't know what the future holds for Maury Povich and his whole initiative on reducing teen pregnancy. All I know is what Cy can do. And all you all that are listening to my show, all you know is what you can do. But you know something? If I reach two ladies, you reach two ladies, somebody else has access to three, perhaps, just perhaps by sharing with them, God loves you and wants the best for you. All of a sudden, that may be enough for them to think twice about some guy that comes dangling a chain. Just imagine how it helps us as adults get through our day to know God loves me. Through my muck and through my mire, God loves me. There's nothing I don't believe we can say to these young kids that is really going to deter them. We can stand at the top of a, 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 a building and don't, I don't, I really don't believe it's going to work. But I know one thing I share with all young people, God loves you. Let them know they have value. And once young people know they have value, they may not be important to their parents because of their family situation. They may not be important to their friends, but they're important to God. That right there is enough to make somebody not do the wrong thing. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you so much for listening. The chat room was not open today because I broadcast live from the Family Success Center in Jersey City, and I don't have access to my computer and all that other stuff. So um, I will. The chat room will be open tomorrow. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I love you all for listening, and I'll see you soon. Peace.